Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm with my co-host Robert here. Today we're going to be discussing the NFC North. Uh, before we jump into that, we wanted to discuss some of the coaching hires recently. Uh, we're going to talk about all the NFC coaching hires. Robert, uh, what do you think about the coaching hires in general? Yeah, so I thought some of them were pretty good. You know, um, kind of the first one that comes to mind for me as in terms of a really good hire was Kevin O'Connell and Matt uh, Eberflus. Um, you know, I thought both of those hires were, pr- were pretty good. And then uh, I'm pretty indifferent about the Dennis Allen hire. Uh, for New Orleans, I as soon as Sean Payton retired, I was like, "Yeah, Dennis Allen's going to get hired." Uh, he turned around the Saints' defense, so you know I think he deserved a shot. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how he does. You know, I, the the offense is obviously a major concern there, um, and you know, but we'll see what he does. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of faith in in Allen just because I think he has a tough situation, so that might be more of it. What has been annoying me is I've heard a lot of places that that's like a ridiculous hire, right? He had a really bad stint as a head coach with uh, the then Oakland Raiders. Um, But people are attacking his defense in New Orleans, and that's ridiculous because New Orleans is one of the worst defenses in the league for years and years before he got there. And the last five seasons in terms of points per games, New Orleans has been ranked 4th, 5th, 13th, 14th, 10th. That is not a bad defense, in my opinion, at all. So yeah. I, I definitely think it, he deserved the shot, like you said. Um, yeah, I, lo- I, I feel like, too, like you got to throw out those Oakland years, you know, like those Oakland years. That Oakland team was just terrible. Like it wasn't I mean, anything. No head coach could have turned that around, right? Like, especially yeah, in two seasons, totally. like, you know, they were, they were god awful and they still are. So, like, it's not like, you know, it's not like it's a, it was a good job to begin with. So, you know, I, I think you can kind of throw that out as like experience building years. And then, you know, he's, he's been under Sean Payton now for, you know, five years uh, since taking over his defensive coordinator. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, I'm like I said, I'm kind of indifferent. I don't really know. I don't really think he's going to do like it, it's tough, right? You're going to he's going to follow one of the legends of the coaching game and Sean Payton. Right. So, yeah, I totally agree. I, I don't expect him to probably be the coach within four years i think it's more of a learning opportunity for them and uh i mean they're the norton's is kind of a tough spot too right quarterback question mark for sure bad cap situation see i a disagree of- with that completely and we'll talk about that uh on our next episode <laughs> after this one but i'm gonna break down the the new orleans cap for all of you because everyone keeps on saying that the cap is really bad but it's actually a pretty simple fix so we're going to talk about that. And we're going to, I'm going to explain to you why and how New Orleans has managed to work the cap for so many years because the whole cap conversation bothers me a lot. So, All right. Well, let's save that for next week's episode then. Uh, I do want to touch on the Kevin O'Connell hire. I love that hire. O'Connell's been doing really good things with McVay. So, right, just another McVay coach spread out. So let's see how uh, how strong this his coaching tree really is. What about the Brian Dayball hire? I I hear a lot of people really really excited about that one. I'm I'm lukewarm on it. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't think so. He's kind of gotten a lot of credit for Josh Allen, right? Um, and I don't know if he's the reason that Josh Allen improved. I think it might be kind of uh you know a just a situation where he kind of lucked into Josh Allen becoming a superstar. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if that's the case, but that's my concern. I think that's definitely possible, and that's why I'm lukewarm on it. Not only one is the Giants. I think they're the worst organization in football over the last 10 years. Uh, not only do they have that, but, right, like, I, I don't think he's the 100% reason for Josh Allen at all. Maybe he's a part of it, but we'll see. I mean, if uh, people in your leagues are super excited about that and are thinking everyone in for the Giants are going to turn into, you know, fantasy gold, use this as a selling opportunity. Yeah, one of my issues with Dabble, too, is, you know, the Bills had a bunch of inconsistent games uh, where the offense just completely underperformed in in games, right? So, like, that's a concern for me, right? I don't, like, if you have a superstar quarterback, you should be a pretty consistent top five offense, right, in every game. It's true. But let's go ahead and jump in to the episode today. So we're talking about the NFC North. So let's start with the Packers. What do you think? Uh, I think the Packers are are uh, this very same spot as Indianapolis when Peyton left, right? Peyton, Aaron Rodgers, both surefire Hall of Famers, first ballots, absolute stars. But right once Indy le- or uh, sorry Peyton got hurt and then he ended up moving on to Denver. Do you remember how bad those Indy teams are? That's why they got Andrew Luck is because they had the first pick. I think they were a one win team that next season without. Uh, Without oh, yeah, that whole year, that whole year Peyton Manning was hurt. Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah. And I, I'm concerned that if Rodgers leaves, they're going to be a similar spot. Now, I don't think they'll pick first and they won't win only one game. But we had a little um, preview of the non-Aaron Rodgers life when they played KC this year uh, because he had, um, he had COVID. Rodgers got COVID. And uh, they looked absolutely horrible in my opinion, their offense couldn't do anything. Jordan love wasn't impressive, but it was more than that. Like who did they have to throw the ball to other than Adams? And guess what? Adams might not stick around and he certainly won't for a long term because he's turning 30. So in general, I I'm not a big fan of green Bay. Um, yeah. Every single option that they have, that's like a legitimate wide receiver is a free agent this year, except for Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is the only f- receiver that had an even remotely decent year that's a not a restricted free or an unrestricted free agent. So, you know, you are looking at completely turning over the receiver room with a quarterback that did not impress in his first start. So you're going to rely on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and that's fine. You could probably win a few games if you have a really good defense, but, I mean, they don't have, like, an elite defense by any means. So, you know... I think you're looking at a rebuild here, and they're probably not like they're probably like a seven win team, maybe 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 eight win team. But so you're convinced Rodgers is not going to be back in Green Bay in 2022? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if both him and Devontae Adams are gone, or at least don't play. So I do think Adams comes back just because of the franchise tag. They have that ability to franchise him. They do, or, but I would actually be. Uh, I think he could sit out, right? If it's like between, like, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, I think he could just sit out and be like, "All right, I'm just not playing." Well, yeah, that certainly would uh, would hurt things. I don't really count on it just because of his age, right? If he sits out, then he would be in this weird spot within the league, on the wrong side of thirty. But hey, maybe. Um, do you want to talk about the players? I guess Aaron Rodgers is the the big discussion, like. What the heck is going on with Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to retire? Is he going to stay in Green Bay? Is he going to leave? 
Yeah, I think the question like is definitely... where does he where does he go, right? Like, I mean, whoever he wherever he goes, he's still going to be a bona fide top wide receiver in fantasy, unless he retires, obviously. Um, and that's really your question, right? If you're a startup, if you're taking doing a startup draft, where are you taking him, right? Because I don't know, because you might get two years out of him, you might get one, you might get three, you might get four, you know, who knows? So you kind of got to weigh that that risk there. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers turns 39 in December of 2022. So he's old, but, right, he he theoretically could play, especially when we look at his play. He's still playing. I mean, he's MVP. Like, he's still playing at an absolute superstar level. I think it's more about desire with Rodgers. You know, this isn't going to be like Big Ben where it's like, all right, I'm going to retire just because if I don't know him, will literally hire me. Um it's going to be how long he wants to go. So in a, in a startup, I'm trying to avoid Rogers because in general, in a startup, I'm trying to like be pretty young. They're 14th off the board in a startup. They're going over the likes of Deshaun Watson, Matt Corral, Mac Jones. Would you prefer any of those over Rogers in a startup? So of those, I would probably take Mac Jones and that might be it. Um, mostly because Matt Corral, I don't necessarily believe he's going to be a star in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be, I think he might be a game manager at best. Um, Deshaun Watson, I, you know, I'm still concerned on whether he plays again. And, you know, I don't know if I, I don't want to touch Deshaun Watson in a startup. Uh, that's just my opinion. But yeah, I mean, I would take, I would take Mac Jones over him. Yeah, I definitely agree with Mac Jones. I actually am in the middle of a startup right now, and uh, I was I I had the one one overall. So at I think it would have been my fourth round pick. I should have known this, but um, I had the choice to pick Watson and, and Mac Jones, and I I ended up going Jones just because of the age, but also the the issues with Watson. So I, I can understand being worried Watson. I totally agree. Corral Corral's totally unproven. So I'm going with Rogers. Cause I mean, if he plays, he's going to be a QB one and he's probably going to be a top five QB. So like, yeah, it, if you're a contender, you have Rogers, hopefully as your second QB, uh, because he's, he, I mean, to be realistic, it's probably only two or three more years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, moving on just from the age, because I mean, that's really the only question with Rogers, I feel like is, you know, the age. And, you know, I think we're both on the same page there in terms of, you know, the age is something to be concerned about. If you think he's going to play for a few more years, then go ahead, take him. Otherwise, probably not realistic to to worry, to work with him in a startup unless you're like, a, you know, if you're trying to compete year one and stuff like that. But um, for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, so I actually think, so I was really, I was really um, critical of the Aaron Jones contract when he signed it, and I'm still really critical of it. But at the same time, you know, I, I guess it kind of does paint like at least pair them with a solid running back group in preparation for Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers leaving. Um, I think it's probably one of the best running back rooms in the NFL. Um, I was really high on Kylan Hill as well. Uh, he got towards ACL though, so I, you know who knows what happens there, but. I don't know. I, I like this running back room. I don't really necessarily. I like Aaron Jones in fantasy, and I like AJ Dillon as a handcuff. But you know, other than that, you know, I I don't know where I'm taking these guys because of the whole situation with the offense in general. 
how how much longer do you think Aaron Jones can be a a high high value dynasty asset until Aaron Rodgers leaves? Yeah, because I mean he was RB ten this year. Um, he was RB five and two this two seasons prior to that. So he's still been cr- crushing it, right? RB ten yeah. was a down year for him. Well, and um, he missed two games too, right? So those two games kind of kind of play into that as well. So it's important to mention. Yeah. Yeah, but AJ Dillon, it seems he's just taken over more and more of this backfield. Um, yeah, he like from year one to year two, he he just got a bigger share of it. And honestly, if I'm an Aaron Jones uh, owner in Dynasty, I kind of like that because Aaron Jones starting to get older, turns twenty in December, and he's very efficient. He's a great uh, touchdown weapon. He's a useful pass catcher. So if I can get this big young running back to take some more of the rushes and have Aaron Jones, now he's not SNL Eckler, but if he can kind of mold closer towards that, I think he can have longer term value. Um, But either way, right? You have a soon to be 28 year old running back. The time is short. Like you only have a few more years, most likely for high value uh, fantasy production. Yeah, you know, I I'd, I'd sell him if I was an Aaron Jones owner. I'm selling him. Uh, AJ Dillon, I think he's kind of the future of the backfield, and that's what really makes me question the like you know the contract with Aaron Jones is you have a workhorse now on AJ Dillon. So you know you signing a contract or an extension with Aaron Jones, paying him pretty good money for a running back, doesn't really lend yourself well to building a team. Um, and then, you know, when they drafted AJ Dillon as well, it was a super big question mark too. Like, why are you with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback and you draft Aaron or Jordan Love with your first overall pick and then you draft a running back second? Like, that didn't make any sense at all. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens here. I don't, so the running back room is pretty much set in stone, in my opinion. I don't think there's anything changing there. Um, and the only thing that changes to me is, you know, the quarterback and then obviously the wide receivers, which are the next up conversation. So Devontae Adams, he was wide receiver two, 169 targets, 123 receptions, uh, 1,553 yards, 11 touchdowns. But the question is, does he play next year? And if he does stay in Green Bay, who's his quarterback? And how far do you downgrade him without Aaron Rodgers as quarterback? I definitely think he's playing football in 2022. Where and who's his quarterback? I have no idea. I tend to think it will be in Green Bay because I, if he doesn't get a contract, I think they just franchise tag him. The question is, is does he respond the way Le'Veon Bell did or does he respond the way Allen Robinson did? So Allen Robinson just played out. We're going to talk to him shortly. But he just played out a franchise tag, and not only was he pissed off, it seemed like he didn't even want to play. Like he was – a shell of the superstar receiver he was this yeah, year. I would argue well, that he didn't play. I, he basically didn't. Like he, it looked like he was playing half speed, and then he was missing games where it kind of sounded like there were some reports where they're like, I mean, he's healthy, but he's not. You know, so uh, is that what Devonte Adams does? I, I hope not. I don't know. I don't know the players. Right, we don't know them, but just the way he plays on the field, it seems like he really is a competitive dude. So. I like to think that he's going to give it his all regardless of where and who he's playing with. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, though, like, I think, and I, and I don't think Green Bay is going to do this, but I would I would definitely try to trade him if I was Green Bay because um, I think you could get a pretty good return for him and you're not winning a championship without Aaron Rodgers. 
So if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, you know, why are you keeping Devontae Adams and not just blowing it up? Um, because you still need, you know, you need a quarterback, you need to improve the defense, you need you need four different wide receivers. I, I think Aaron Rodgers retiring with Jordan Love not working out, I think that's kind of obviously that puts the, the Green Bay in a in a rebuild situation, which they've been blessed for what, going on 30 years now with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So I don't feel bad for him at all. No, no, they've had very good fortune at QB. I wonder if it's finally over. Um, one thing about Adam. So remember back in 17 when Rodgers broke his collarbone, that was in week six. So for the rest of the season, he had Brett Hundley throwing to him. If y'all don't remember Brett Hundley, it's a reason because it was only four seasons ago and you don't remember. He was bad. But he was still wide receiver 14 that season. So being just, I mean, Devontae Adams may be the best wide receiver in football. And if he's not, he's on a very short list. So I I don't see him not putting up those type of numbers. Wide receiver 14, wide receiver 10 numbers next year, regardless of who his QB is, just because he's going to get peppered with targets. Yeah, I, I definitely I think he's going to be a you know a low wide receiver one even if he uh, if he goes if he goes somewhere else he's definitely going to be a low wide receiver one maybe high wide receiver one but I, I'd say he's a, a the floor is a high wide receiver two yeah as a floor yeah, you know that's a great floor I don't want any of the other receivers on this team and I don't want any of the other tight ends so I don't know I don't know if you want to talk about them I don't know I don't think any of them even really deserve a mention because they're you know I don't really think any of them are going to wouldn't do anything for you so i just want to give a little bit of mention to the young players we talked kind of about jordan love right he was a first round pick so he'll probably get another chance after 2022 personally i don't want anything to do with him i i just i don't think he's very good um additionally amari rogers clemson wide receiver he was a rookie third round pick this year um he barely played so if Rodgers doesn't say, if Aaron Rodgers stays around, I have a little bit of interest just because, right, they have a great quarterback and wide receiver question marks. Perhaps he can fill that void. If Rodgers doesn't come around, um, they're probably going to have bad quarterback play for at least two or three seasons, so I don't want him. The last one I want to mention quickly is Josiah uh, Degara, I believe it is said. Uh, he's another third-round pick. He was a 2020 third-round pick um, tight end. He actually started to show out a little bit once Tanyan went down. He was tight end 20, which isn't great, but tight end 20 from weeks 8 to 18 after Tanyan went down. So yeah, he's rosterable. He's rosterable. That's, that's what but, I'm thinking is, is you know. if the question is, is a lot of people played um, their taxi squads after the second season, which which Derek Gara just finished, that's when you have to do the upgrade onto your full roster. So that's a tough decision to say, hey, who am I cutting to keep this guy around? Because I think he's got a chance, right? A lot of tight ends, it takes till the third year to break out. And the fact that we saw, you know, that improvement from year one to year two for a young guy, he he just turned 25 this month in February. So I think that one is, you know, possibly valuable, but we're really yeah, starting on the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah, there's not there's not really much value there, but it's you know he's at least rosterable, and you know he could be a spot starter for injuries and stuff like that. But yeah, but the rest of the wide receivers and tight ends, I just have zero interest. They're old and not good. 
Yeah, the the Packers do have all their picks at least. Um, so you know they can address some of these holes in the first, second, third round. Um, I'm really curious as to where they go in the first round. I would love to see them draft a you know wide receiver uh, to pair or to maybe even replace Devontae Adams. Um, I think that's a good decision for them. But they probably should have drafted a, tie, a wide receiver in the first round or second round at least once in the past you know three or four years. So uh, I, I don't know if they actually will or not, but we'll see. Yeah, that's definitely the recommendation. Uh, but all Packers fans could tell you that people have been screaming that for probably five years at least. And for whatever reason, they don't want to give Aaron Rodgers weapons. They need wide receivers bad. And they need the answer to Aaron Rodgers, whether it's him leaving this year or him leaving in two to th- four years. They need to figure that one out. So let's move on to the Vikings. So Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, he's he's in that tier that, you know, I kind of talked about kind of average quarterback. Uh, that can be a really solid starter in fantasy. Um, you know, so he had he's quarterback 11 this year, 4,221 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 115 yards, one touchdown rushing. So, you know, he's he's a solid option. He's got really good weapons around him. Delvin Cook's a superstar. Justin Jefferson's a superstar. Adam Thielen is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. And KJ Osborne isn't anything to sneeze at either. Um, so I think this is a really should be a really good offense. Um, the question mark is the defense, and I and I think the, the head coaching hire there is a pretty solid hire. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens with this offense, and I would imagine that they keep Kirk Cousins just because I don't think there's anything better out there on the market. Well, they don't have a choice. They have to put have him this year because he has a 45 million dollar cap hit, and his dead cap is 45 million. It's 100 percent guaranteed in 2022. Yeah, yeah. So. I think he's going to get extended too. I don't. I don't see any situation where they move on from him anytime soon. Um, you know, he's not a terrible quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. Um, it's unfortunate for him though that he kind of coincided with the downs, the, the the defense getting old and kind of uh, losing what was a you know a, a good to, to average defense. Kind of started getting pretty bad. So, um, but. Kirk Cousins, he's going to be a good good asset in fantasy just because of who he's throwing the ball to. He has two really good weapons. so He does. My question is for how much longer, though. Kirk's been really solid lately. He, he's QB 11 the last two seasons, right? QB 1, that, that's as your second quarterback in Superflex League. That's awesome. But he's turning 34 in August. So how many more years can we really expect him to keep this up? I mean, quarterbacks can go till they're forty. I think that's been, especially nowadays, right? I think he has no, he has no ability in on the rush as a rusher. So, like, you know, who cares? You know, he's who cares if he's not athletic. You know, it doesn't really matter for his game. I don't see. I I don't have the that length of time. He's not a good quarterback. Like, he's just an average quarterback, right? But like, he can still be just an average quarterback for at least four or five more years. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm much more at the two- to three-year uh, window with him. I mean, look at Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan already looks like he should probably just hang it up, and Matt Ryan well, is barely older. And I think unless you're an absolute well, superstar elite QB, you're not playing very far past 35. So Matt Ryan has a different situation, though, in that his offensive line is has been atrocious for a few years. 
so he looks worse than he actually is. It, it just depends with Kirk Cousins how long you think he could he can last. I feel like that's like your big your big question. You're on the side where you think it could be two to three years. I feel like probably I feel like he could probably be an average starter for about four to five years. Um, and I the the issue with that though too is if Minnesota decides to move on from him at quarterback, he's probably not getting a great job anywhere else. So at that point, you know, then you're downgrading him as well. So he's a risky pick, but he's going to get you at least, he's going to be a solid quarterback asset as long as he's in Minnesota with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin cook. So, so, so let's move on to Dalvin cook though. Yeah. You know, I, he's running back 16 this year. He had a really, he had a poor season. Uh, he had he didn't have as many touchdowns as he normally does. Obviously, injuries, injuries, injuries with Dalvin Cook. Same thing every year, it seems like. Um, if you have Dalvin Cook on your roster, you have to have Alexander Madison. I think that's pretty been pretty clear over the last couple of years, especially. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's a must-have handcuff. Um, not only as a handcuff, but when... When Cook's out, he he's a star. He's a you know top fifteen, top ten running back for that given week. So you have to find your way into him. I'm just wondering how much longer we're going to have that situation because right, Madison, he's a he's his his last year in 2020 of his rookie contract, and then Dalvin, he's turning 27 in August, and that cap hit's just getting bigger and bigger. I definitely think they're both going to be very useful in 22, but what happens in 23 and beyond is where I'm starting to wonder. I think the injuries are starting to catch up. I'm kind of fading Dalvin Cook because of that. I'm looking for a younger option if I'm a Dalvin Cook owner, owner right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. And you should be able to get really good value for Cook. So he's going at RB8 overall in startups right now. He's going over the likes of Mixon, Barkley, Henry, Plus all these other younger backs, you know, JK and Akers and Montgomery and, you know, all these other much younger backs. So I would think unless you're really gearing up for a championship window, because, hey, let's be serious. Alvin Cook is one of a few running backs in the league that legitimately can be RB1 on any given season. So David Montgomery, I'm excited to talk about him. Uh, I think he's a really good option. If you're looking to replace Dalvin Cook, I think he's a really good option for you, especially if it's just like for a year or two and then you sell him again. Yeah. I think it's a really good option. So, but let's move on to the receivers. I don't really have much to talk about with them. You know, Justin Jefferson is probably the top young receiver in the NFL. I don't think, I think the only option you really have to like argue with is uh, Jamar Chase and, Adam Thielen, he he missed a couple games. Uh, he was wide receiver twenty eight still with ninety five targets. I I think this is probably one of the best wide or wide receiver rooms in the NFL. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I was kind of surprised, honestly. I I thought Justin Jefferson was going to be kind of a mold of Adam, Th- a better mold of Alan, Adam Thielen, and I thought that they their skill sets did not match up together well. But they have been a perfect complement for each other, and I think that's been pretty impressive for both. I think Justin Jefferson showed when he was at LSU, he showed he was pretty much a, a slot receiver. But he has been, and I think that now looking back, it looks like that was entirely because just Jamar Chase was just absolutely phenomenal as a deep threat. So putting J- J- Justin Jefferson in the slot was just just overkill. So it is funny looking back at that team, just how crazy good it was, but. Yeah, <laughs> truly one of the all-time great college football teams of all time, in my opinion. It was so uh, hard to judge it, like because they're because of how good everybody was. Like you were just like, wait, like was he good because 
yeah. Jamar Chase was a superstar. Like Jamar Chase was Jamar Chase good because Justin Jefferson was a superstar. Oh no, they're just both superstars. Great. All right, cool. Yeah, they just happen to be the two best receivers in the league, you know, considering their age. <laughs> and that's where I'm at. So my question is, hey, who do you take? Are you in the Jefferson side or the Chase side in terms of who's wide receiver one in dynasty? Sounds like you have Jefferson. Personally, I'm a Jamar Chase believer now, and that recently changed after watching every single snap of the playoffs. So uh, my thing, I think Justin Jefferson is in a better situation to maintain the target share. I'm sorry, you said Jefferson is? Yeah, Jefferson's in a better spot to maintain a very, very high target share. Jamar Jamar Chase is, you know, competing with, you know, three, four other dudes. Uh, if you include Mixon and then all three of the other receivers, so that's my only. That's the only reason I would I would have Justin Jefferson above them. They're both superstars. Let's let's not let's not stretch it here. But yeah, choose your, side. your poison. <laughs> choose yeah. your side. It's yeah. not um, you know, it's not bad choice either way. Um, yeah, my. I, my reason for taking Jamar is really probably just because of my thought on Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins was not either playing good football or was not a starting quarterback in 2023, I wouldn't be surprised. I I am very much trying to get rid of my shares of Kirk Cousins just because I think he's very quickly going to, you know, not be good. So because of that, I'm worried about Jefferson in terms of the efficiency of those targets. You're totally right. Target share is amazing. I mean, the man had 125 targets his rookie season, 167 his his second year. Targets are going to be there. I'm just a little concerned about the quality of targets in the near future. Yeah, that's a fair concern. Um, like we said, though, it's just, you know, pick your side. I like Justin Jefferson. He's I think he's a better PPR option. I think uh, Jamar Chase is a better standard option, but you know, they're they're both superstars. So, how about Thielen? Uh, you sound like you're still pretty high on Thielen. I'm terrified with these injuries he's having and his age. I'm I'm really worried the end is very close. I think he's a good slot receiver. I don't think he's like. I think he he and Justin Jefferson are a fantastic pairing together. But I don't think. I think you are concerned if you're a Thielen owner. You know, I think you probably should have sold Thielen. To be fair, you probably should have sold Thielen when he was you know wide receiver two or three overall a couple years ago uh and why people thought that that was like maintainable i don't know but you know yeah i think he's he's a really good slot receiver that brings a lot of uh attention away from justin jefferson oh he's a great player and and for undrafted free agents had a fantastic career props to him i'm just worried about in dynasty right so he's turning 32 in august so that'll be his 32 season next year so his his thirty his year thirty season he was wide receiver ten overall right back in wide receiver one this past year in points per game at least he was wide receiver sixteen so he was still effective but he was much worse overall because he missed four games but hey even if we look at the wide receiver sixteen in points per game that's still a solid wide receiver two but that's at thirty two next year thirty sorry that was at thirty one this season's thirty two I just don't see it happening much longer. And that's why I'm concerned. He's a very good player, but I, I kind of see a Julio Jones future, you know, what we've seen with Julio the last couple of years. And that's why I'm out. I, I think Adam Thielen, you know, he is, he's, a, he's absolutely getting older. And I, 
when I say that I think they're a really good wide receiver pairing in the NFL, I think that's like for a year or two, not like long term. Um, but that's also to Justin Jefferson's benefit in terms of whenever Adam Thielen retires, that's going to be a lot of targets that are just up for grabs. So then you could even see even more targets going Justin Jefferson's way. Yeah, I mean, if they don't bring another wide receiver, or at least that Irv Smith doesn't develop into a really, really good tight end, I mean, we could see Justin Jefferson pushing for records for targets in a season because he's already at 167 this year. And, I mean, Madison could move on after this year. Madison had had uh, 32 catches this season. Obviously, Cook is a useful weapon in the passing game, and he's not going to be there that much longer. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see what happens in terms of replacing their uh, pass-catching options. How about KJ Osborne? Were you impressed with him this season the way I was? I was actually sneakily quite pleased with what he did in his second season. Yeah, I thought he showed out whenever uh, towards the end of the season. Um, you know, I thought he was a really good option. Um, so he was, you know, wide receiver 39, 82 targets, 50 receptions, 655 yards, seven touchdowns. So he actually was, you know, pretty solid whenever uh, Adam Thielen did miss time um, and when he was kind of hobbled towards the end of the season. Yeah, honestly, I thought he was more than solid. I thought he was fantastic. So once Thielen went down, K.J. Osborne was wide receiver 12 for the remainder of the season. Wide receiver 12. Now, that, that I think that's inflated because of touchdowns, as you saw, right? 82 yeah. targets, seven touchdowns. That is a little inflated. But still, my point is, is like, without Thielen there, he was, he, he was a real fantasy option. I think so too. One thing to mention though with that is Irv Smith did miss all of 2021. So, and Tyler Conklin's a free agent. But I do, I wonder what happens there because everybody was kind of predicting this Irv Smith breakout in 2021. Uh, then he missed, then he got the injury. So we'll see if what happens in 2022. I feel like they have to bring, they're going to bring Conklin back. So I wonder what happens with Irv Smith. Um, and I, I wonder if that steals targets from the likes of like a KJ Osborne or an Adam Thielen. Yeah, yeah, I'm really curious to see what they do with their tight ends. So they had, um, right, they had everyone's darling for the last few years, Chris Herndon, they traded for once Irv Smith went down. And uh, I think it is officially, the patient is officially dead, folks. Move on from Chris Herndon. He obviously is not an NFL asset. He got seven targets this season in 16 games, right? Guess what? Instead of Herndon, Tyler Conklin showed out, like you said. He was was tied in 16 overall, like. I don't think that he's going to be much of a fantasy asset ever, but I think your question is the one that's important. Is he going to be a thorn in the side of potential fantasy assets like Irv Smith Jr.? Yeah, I, I would. I wasn't too high on Irv Smith Jr. to begin with because I remember uh, Zimmer saying, you know, he's like, oh, well, Irv Smith's just going to maintain his role. So I was like, yeah, it sounds like a guy who hasn't really improved that much. From year from year to year, so you know I was kind of selling that Irv Smith hype. We'll see what happens with new coach, new situation. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm wondering with the new coach, is it time to start um, buying Irv Smith as like a post hype sleeper? Because his first two years, Kyle Rudolph was still around, right? Rudolph he had a great career. Now it was towards the end of his career when Smith got there, but he made a solid jump from year one to year two. I, he's still so young and he's, he's very, very athletic. He's only turning 24 this summer. 
So if they don't bring back Tyler Conklin and we're looking at, you know, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, KJ Osborne, and, and Irv Smith as the primary pass catching weapons, I'm pretty excited about Irv Smith. Now, again, like I said, I'm not very excited about Kirk Cousins long term. So his his uh, potential ceiling is capped unless they can find a good replacement for the long term quarterback position. Yeah, um, I don't. I mean, I don't have anything else. You know, Irv Smith. You've kind of hit the nail on the head there. Do you um? Do you? I want to mention, and I think I might mess this up, and I apologize. Emir, uh Smith Marset, I assume he's a uh, an Iowa product. He's a first round, sorry, he's a rookie last year, fifth round pick. He barely played at all, but I like to talk about the young guys. Do you have any interest in him at all? No. Really? So I I didn't watch, I mean, I don't watch a lot of Iowa football. They certainly aren't much of a passing weapon, so he didn't have much stats. He was okay there, but I will say, right, if he's on the uh, on the waiver wire and you're start up super, super deep and, and you can just toss him on your um taxi squad it might be worth it he's a big six foot two pound pl- uh, wide receiver hundred he runs a four five flat he's got a seven oh six three cone 37 inch vertical so he's he's quite athletic the deepest of the deepest dashes um just just wanted to throw his name out but that's really all i have so i want to move on to the bears because i really want your opinion on justin fields um, so Justin Fields was quarterback 31 in 12 games, uh, 1,870 yards, seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions, uh, 420 yards rushing, two touchdowns rushing. So what do you think before I give you my, my thoughts? So I'm going to say this first. I really, really try not to scout the helmet, right? To look at a player based off of the team, you know, saying, for example, in this situation, I go, hey, Justin Fields, he's an Ohio State quarterback. He probably isn't going to make it in the NFL just because there's been all of these really productive college quarterbacks at OSU that just haven't made it. And I've always been scared about that. So I'm trying not to let that infringe too much because he obviously was amazingly talented coming out of high school. It was him and Trevor Lawrence like every other month as who was the better prospect for, uh, for college. So he's very talented. He's a heck of an athlete. He's 6'2", six, almost 6'3", excuse me. He's 230, runs a sub-4, 540. He's, he's very at, at athlete. He's got big arm. The issue is is his passing is, is weak. It's weak. It's not horrible. Uh, he had 59% completion this year. You talked about his stats. So if we... He only really played in 11 games because he had a 9% snap percentage week one. So if we uh, extrapolated out to 17-game sample, he would have had 2,900 yards, 11 touchdowns, almost 16 interceptions. Uh, the rushing is where he was useful as a rookie. Is it 650 yards and three rushing touchdowns? The question for me is, is how much can he develop? And what's he going to develop with? So, one, they just brought in a defensive head coach. So it's not like they're going to have this, you know, like, say, had they brought in Kevin O'Connell, I'd be more interested. Um, But Allen Robinson clearly wants nothing to do with them. So Daryl, Darnell Mooney and uh, Cole Komet are really their only pass-catching weapons. And they are exciting, but not 
you know, 100% proven. And then they have a good running back. So I'm worried about the weapons. Obviously, Justin Fields is, is ceiling super high, but I don't want to – I'm not taking – I have no shares of Justin Fields just because the community tends to be higher than I am on them. I like them, but unless I can get a discount of what they're typically going for, I'm not – you won't see them be traded to my team, and you won't see me draft them. Yeah, I think he's going to be a better fantasy asset than a NFL asset at this point. Um, the passing was just not good. Um, and you could argue, too, like, well, maybe that wasn't Matt Nagy. You know, maybe it was a lack of options. Maybe it was with the offensive line. You know, you could argue all that. But at the same time, like, I didn't see anything that made him stand out to me as a legitimate long-term option. I thought he has, I think he has a lot of potential. Um, I would say that he he needs to improve, kind of like Josh Allen Im- improved, right? Like both of them kind of have accuracy concern, had accuracy concerns. So I want to see what happens with Justin Fields. I don't, I don't think he's like this guaranteed superstar that everybody kind of thought he was. Um, and to be clear, the draft community was a lot higher on him than I think the NFL was, and I think that I mean, was yeah, clear he, by he, just how much. You know how far he fell. Because... He fell. He fell. He was fourth taken last year in the QBs, and uh, he went all the way fifteen. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and I mean, let and you know, one of the things I have is you know, just it was it a coaching issue or was it a talent issue? I think that's that's the question, right? And I I'm a big Darnell Mooney believer. I have been on that train since last year, and I think Darnell Mooney absolutely showed out this year um you would i'd like to see that target or the catch percentage go up but i think he's going to maintain a very high target volume next year but i think part of the problem was that justin fields either you know just wasn't accurate enough or you know just wasn't putting it on him um so you know i have i have uh, questions about this offense i have questions about justin fields and i have questions about the barracles organization as a quarterback development yeah yeah i agree um do you have anything else for fields uh no i have him one of as one of the lowest of the quarterbacks in the draft i think the only person that i have in the same realm is i just i don't like trey lance at all um i didn't like him coming out of the draft and i don't i don't like him now um i think the 49ers are going to make a huge mistake letting go of uh jimmy Garoppolo. And I have Justin Fields and Trey Lance both on the same tier in terms of huge question marks, high, high, high potential. Yeah, both of them have fantastic potential. I personally, I, I prefer Lance, uh, but I, I don't just think Lance showed anything. Like we saw him play, like he didn't, he didn't show anything. He was, you know, I, I, I don't think he showed anything as to like really prove anything right and i think the same play same thing with justin fields yeah they're they are both unproven but we did see a much bigger sample size from field so yeah i think you just stick honestly just stick to your pre like pre nfl season you know uh if you were a believer in the in fields still be a believer because I'm not taking what we saw this year as proof that he stinks or proof that he's going to be a star. 
So I'm just going to stick with my grade. I think he has huge potential, but I'm concerned that he could bust. So that's why I'm tend to not have any shares of him. Are these other quarterbacks, Dalton or Foles, should they even be rostered on a dynasty league? No. Or is it time to just, you know, fully put them in the graveyard? No, there's no reason to have any of them. Okay. Yeah, I could see maybe Foles being rostered just because he's almost guaranteed to be the backup uh, this season because he has a, a pretty big dead cap hit. And so, you know, maybe Fields goes down and you have, like, whatever. But other than that, I can't see any reason to roster them. Um, you were talking about Montgomery um, as a really good trade-down option for Dalvin Cook. Could you could you expound upon that? What do you what do you think about Montgomery? Yeah, so he was running back nineteen in thirteen games. Uh, he had eight hundred forty nine yards, seven touchdowns, fifty one targets, forty two receptions, three hundred one yards. So he has a he's a really good option in the red zone, and he's also a really good option in the passing game. So I think that's a, a somebody that is really valuable. Um, and I think too, he actually really Justin Fields actually in this case helps him um, because the read option with Justin Fields has been a lot better because that's kind of what Justin Fields ran in college was that read option kind of offense. Right. So I think it's, he plays to Justin Fields strengths in the running game and, and vice versa. I think this is a really good running team too. I, you know, I don't think they're, they're not as good of a passing pass blocking unit as an offensive line as they are a run blocking line. And I like David Montgomery a lot. Uh, Khalil Herbert, he was a solid handcuff in the games that Montgomery was out. But, you know, Montgomery, he'll probably get you, he'll get you a low-end wide receiver, or running, excuse me, running back one season, I think, as long as he's healthy for the full season. Yeah, I think, uh, right, he was RB4 in 2020. That was a little high than what you should expect, but that was because he had a good touchdown number. As long as he can, you know, improve his touchdowns, a little bit because he kind of split. Uh, I feel like he was low on what you should have expected this year and high last year. So, yeah, I think definitely you could get a top 15, maybe even top 12 season from him next year. My only concern with Montgomery is what happens after 2022 because this is the final year of his rookie deal. And I don't see him as a second contract running back, at least, you know, not a big contract. Like I see him as. I don't know. What are you going to pay this guy? You're going to pay him more than seven million a year. I certainly wouldn't. Why would you not pay him if you're if you're the Bears? You should pay him. You know. You know. I feel like going into the future with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert as your running back room. I think that's a that's a good option. Um, I think they should do that uh, because they don't have many wide receivers, so they need as many weapons as they can get. Having a really having a solid to good running back as your starting running back with a young quarterback is a huge asset so why not keep him um i think you're getting a downgrade with cool herbert at this point so i would keep him pay him you know maybe like average running back money and then uh obviously if he if he it depends on what he asked for really right like if he's asking for top five running back money then i'm running away screaming but if he's just asking for you know you're an average running back contract i'm taking it yeah, I got to think that he's going to be looking for pretty big money. I don't know. That'll be a really good, uh, really important thing to be looking out for next offseason. It's just for me, running backs, it's so easy to replace, right? 
It's they not easy to replace though when you don't when you have a bunch of other holes. Yeah, and a good point is they don't have their first round pick this year, right? Part of the trade to get for Justin Fields. So, right, they don't have to replace Montgomery this year in the draft. They could do it next. But the fact that they're down a first means that their roster is most likely to be that much more hurting. So yeah, yeah. I could yeah, see so, I mean, they bring them back working. They need they need offensive line help. Uh, they need uh, especially help at the tackle position. Um, they need wide receivers. And the defense is old, so you know what. What picks are you going to use on a running back? Not That's just true. this year, but next year, and the year after, and the year after, right? Like they have a lot of holes on this offense, or in this offense and defense, on this team in general, I should say. So how how high are you willing to pay up to go and get David Montgomery? And are you only going to do that in a contending team? Yeah, I would only pay for him on a contending team. He's not good enough to. He's not good enough, nor young enough to be like a cornerstone of a bad team. So, for as a startup draft right now, Brees Hall is the only rookie running back this year that's being taken ahead of him. Uh, Walker's going. Sorry, Montgomery's going right ahead of uh, Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Spiller. Are you comfortable with that ranking of those four players? I'm not a big fan of really any of the running backs this year coming out of the draft. Um, so you'd prefer Montgomery over every running back in yeah, 22. I think it depends on situation for all of them because I don't know. I don't know if like any of them are like true bell cows, if you know what I mean. Um, I think that you know Brees Hall and I think Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, those guys. I think they're all quality running back prospects, but I don't think they're in that tier of being above the situation. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think it's really important to figure out where they land in the NFL. Um, I think there are some good spots for running backs out there. So you're right, right? Uh, Montgomery in Chicago, where he's going to get the line share of the um, of the touches versus any of those three in a not good situation. I prefer Montgomery. But if any of those backs end up in a good situation, I would prefer all three to Montgomery just because of the age um, difference. Yeah, I mean, we're talking pre-NFL draft, though. I'm not taking a... I'd rather take the known situation than hope that... Because let's say, for example, like, you know, Jonathan Taylor, he went to the Colts with with Marlon Mack, right? Like, um, that wasn't a great situation until Marlon Mack hurt, got hurt. Um, But, you know, obviously, Jonathan Taylor showed out. But at the same time, you know, if Marlon Mack doesn't get hurt, maybe it takes longer for Jonathan Taylor to get on the field. So... I want if I'm drafting any of those guys, I don't think they have the the talent that Jonathan Taylor has. So I don't know, I don't know how long it takes them to win out, right? You know what I mean? Like AJ Dillon, for example. AJ Dillon should be the workhorse in Green Bay, but Green Bay just paid their running back. So, you know, what if that happens to like a Brees Hall or you know a Kenneth Walker or something like that? You know, I don't want to take that shot. Yeah, it depends on where they land. Um the thing is, is if any of them land in a really good spot, they're going to be taken as the first non-QB off the board in a lot of situations. And if not, they'll at least be like top three non-QB. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not as big of a fan of, of the, those guys as, as that. But but we'll see. I don't. You know, and obviously, like I said, it depends on situation for me. But let's let's move on to the receivers. So 
Allen Robinson, he's the top reader on the market. I don't even think he played this year, really. Like I don't I don't think he even competed, is what I'm saying. Darnell Mooney, he was wide receiver 23. We talked about him a little bit. Um Demir Bird, he'll you know, he's gonna leave. I, I feel like unless they get him for cheap. Um Marquise Goodwin's the other, another free agent. So the only really receiver on the roster that I imagine re- returning next year is Darnell Mooney. So I feel like they need more receivers to come in. So what? So that's going to be something that they need to look at. And you know, free agency or in the draft. So that's why you know I don't really like this team. I don't I don't like their draft capital. I don't like their uh, what they're going to like the amount of holes that they have. Um, and because of that, I like Mooney still. You know, I I think Mooney's going to not have that much competition for targets. So I think Justin Fields is going to have, you know, Darnell Mooney and that's it to throw the ball to and maybe Cole Komet. Well, my thing is, so a lo- there's a lot of love for Mooney out there and, and rightfully so, right? He was a fifth round pick in 2020 and through two seasons, he's really showed out and, and kudos to him. There's not a lot of fifth rounders that, that do so well. The thing is, is he already had 140 targets this year. And right, like you said, Alan Robinson, like, Sure, he played some of the year, but like he wasn't really there. So I don't know if there's going to be a much better target situation for Mooney going forward. And so well, it's unless- not like he outperformed the targets either. Like he, you know, I feel like he's going to stick around that 140 target mark. I don't think that's an astronomical number. No, no, I think he can still get that. I, I do. The I'd say he's right around wide receiver 20. I think that's a fair valuation of him. Yeah, yeah, that I could definitely see some back end wide receiver two seasons for him. My issue is if anyone's valuing more than that, um, because unless Fields can develop into a, like a bona fide, really good QB, I think that efficiency is going to go down. Right? He only had under eighty one, or sorry, he had eighty one catches on one hundred forty targets. Right? That's not terrible high percentage. So, I guess I'm just saying is slower roll a little bit with Mooney. Don't. Like if he's anything more than just your wide receiver two on your dynasty roster, you're in trouble. Like he he he's valuable. He's definitely valuable, and I think you're going to get a lot of wide receiver twenty type seasons. But I just I doubt there's going to be much improvement on that. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see. I don't. Well, one, I don't really know who is thinking that. Um. You know, I felt like I was probably the highest on him, and I have him probably about wide receiver fifteen or twenty. That's where I have him at. I just like Mooney a lot. I, I like the attack, the talent there. So, but I don't think there's anybody else rosterable. Colcomet is the only one you could argue is like well, Colcomet's rosterable, but only other person that's the only other person that's rosterable. I think in this offense that will be there in twenty twenty two. Yeah. What about Allen? Right. It's. I think there's zero chance he'll be there in twenty twenty two. But he's he's turning twenty nine right before the season in August, so he's still he's he's still got some age, you know, some age space to be useful. Do you think that he can regain fantasy uh, stardom at all? I think it depends on where you're valuing him at. Um, I think you could. I think he's a risky asset. Um, the injuries are a major concern. You know, he had an ACL injury. Um, you know, what was it four four years ago now? five years ago. Um, And I don't, I don't know, man. It just seems like this year was rough. I I don't, I don't know if you can bounce back from that. 
and he's going to get a huge market, but he's going to get a huge market on free agency. So, I mean, situation matters. Yeah, situation's really the biggest thing for me. I'm not worried about injuries, right? ACL is a while ago. He's fully healed, and he still looks good. And this year, now, this tells you something about his character as a teammate. It looks, from my perspective, that he totally quit on his team, and he just wanted nothing to do with the Chicago Bears. Well, he told him he didn't want to play. So, to be fair, like, you know, why did they re-sign him knowing he wasn't going to play? Like, it's to me, they should have just let him go in free agency. But yeah, but so with Mitch Trubisky, he had two consecutive 150 plus target seasons, and he had a wide receiver nine, wide receiver seven season in, in 2020 and 2019. Like, he's don't let this recent season let you forget that he was an absolute superstar for two years in a row, and he's only 29. So, if you're a contender, you can probably acquire Robinson really cheaply. And if he lands in a good spot, I think wide receiver 15 type of numbers is totally doable. If he lands in a, you know, an, an okay spot, I think we're more looking at a back in wide receiver two. But the dude's very talented. He's, he's, he's turning 29 later this year. And he's going to get paid, right? He's Him and Godwin are like the two premier wide receiver weapons. So he should be able to choose wherever he wants to go. So I, I think he's a pretty good buy considering how much hate there is out on there for him. So Daz Newsom, you didn't even mention him. Um, personally, I'm not a big fan of Newsom at all. Um, can I take that you didn't mention him as a, a site that you want nothing to do with them in Dynasty? If you can't perform, outperform, you know, Mark Gase Goodwin and uh, Demir Bird, you're probably not worth anything. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, it is going to be only their second year in 2022. So there were some some Naz Newsom uh, truthers. Him coming out of UNC, he he did pretty well with Howell in 2000 in his uh, time in North Carolina. But no, not me. I'm not interested like at all. I didn't like them coming out of college. I thought they were just this like gadget straight line wide receiver that had success because of how um, Cole Komet I am quite interested in though. Um, I see them as potentially becoming like a real talent at the tight end position. They had a really nice increase in uh, production from year one to year two. I mean, yeah, I, I like Cole Komet, but I don't like him in this offense. What I loved is the target share he got. So the last 12 games, he had five plus targets in 11 of them. He was tight in twenty this year, and he had zero touchdowns. Like yeah, he's a he's a good he's a decent option for your bench, right? Like I would I like in a twelve team league, he is absolutely a good backup running back or tight end. Excuse me, I don't know why I said running back, but tight end. Yeah, I just like him uh, as the value you're getting him at. He's going tight in fifteen in startups. He's going he's going behind Hunter Henry. Like, are you kidding? No, give me Cole Komet all day. Hunter Henry is an older player that's in a timeshare tight end position with Johnny Smith. Obviously, and has hurt a lot. And, and yeah, he, he's only had one season of health this year. So, he like, yeah, give me Cole Komet. Just because he's a young player, he turns 23 in March this year. He's still 22. Like, I, he's very talented. 
sorry, he, he's talented. He's not this superstar talent. He's not, you know, TJ Hawkinson type of talent. But I think that he could definitely become a very solid back-end tight end one, and he has a potential ceiling in the right situation to push for, you know, tight end six type seasons. So I like him as a buy. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else about it. Jimmy Graham, you can just go ahead and drop him. Yeah, I mean, just be happy. First time in New Orleans, he was he was so great then. But <laughs> yeah, I I didn't even bother writing anything down for Jimmy. I'm sorry, you're too old to be useful anymore. So let's move on to the Lions. So Jared Goff, I don't know if they're going to keep him. We'll see what happens there. Uh, well, I feel like they're going to keep him just because I don't have any other options, but. Uh, so he's quarterback 24 this year, 3,245 yards, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 87 yards rushing. I think one thing to mention here too, though, is is the the weapons weren't good. Um, you know, we we knew going into this season that they were it was going to be the T.J. Hawkinson show for the um, Lions, um, and that played out in the first couple of games until he got hurt. Um, you know, only thing I have to say about Jared Goff is, you know, he I felt like going into the season he needed to be he needed to have weapons to be successful, and I think he proved that. Um, I think he's just you know just a game manager, a quarterback. I don't think he's going to be. He's not a superstar. He's not a star. He was vastly out overpaid by the Rams, and um, you know, I think I think he was. I think he's a game manager. I think he is one of the lower tiers of of quarterbacks in the uh, NFL. Yeah, I think Goff uh, off is very short in his time as a starter in the NFL. It does depend on what happens with Detroit. I th- Not their first pick. Their first pick in the draft is number two. But they have the Rams pick from taking on that gross contract and giving up Stafford. They have the 32nd pick in the draft. I wonder if they take a QB there. Could a Sam Howell end up there? Um if something like that happens, I have no interest in Goff. But uh, it, unless they do that, Goff's going to be the starter this year. And I mean, he wasn't particularly useful. But like, if you're a starting quarterback, you're going to have some use. So for a guy going QB 34 in um, startup drafts, I think there is a little bit of value there just because you know, to have him as your third or fourth QB, maybe. Maybe you can trade him to someone that gets a QB hurt that's contending and you can get something. But I don't know. I don't have much to say. He He's an average passer with no rushing game, and he's our, he's almost 28 already. So his fantasy use is very close to zero. Yeah, so I think the big, the big topic in this team is the weapons, right? So DeAndre Swift is the only really um, elite, or not even elite, but good, um, running back or wide receiver on this team. So, you know, he had 617 yards, five touchdowns, 78 targets, 62 receptions, 452 yards with two touchdowns. So he's doing a lot of his work through the air. Uh, Jamal Williams stole a lot of the touches for him through the ground. Um, and a lot of people did not think that was going to happen. A lot of people had January Swift as a bona fide running back one going into the season. And I, so I think that was a bit, a bit of a disappointment. And I don't see that changing either. I would stay away from, I would, I would buy DeAndre Swift if they're selling him for cheap, but nobody's going to sell DeAndre Swift for cheap if they paid paid good money for him. So, 
Yeah, I love Swift. Uh, Swift was my number one running back in that really fantastic 2020 um, NFL running back class in terms of pre-draft. I was one of the fools that moved uh, CH above above everybody. You know, came from like fifth up to first. But I preferred Swift over Jonathan Taylor pre-draft, and it's not because he's better runner; it's because he's such a good pass catcher. There's a lot of capable pass catchers in the NFL. DeAndre Swift is a legitimate weapon as a pass catcher. So you started to see him getting used almost like Alvin Kamara is, where he's getting five, six, seven targets every game. And it's just can be very hyper efficient. He's not, I don't want him. He's a smaller, smaller running back. I don't want him to get a ton of rushes. I'm uh, I'm totally okay with Jamal Williams being the committee with them just because Williams isn't Williams is okay. Like they're a solid committee back, but like I'm not concerned with them overtaking the primary running back role. If it, if that makes sense. My only issue with Swift is what it costs to acquire. Right now they're going as RB four in startups. Like, oof. Like you're buying them at his peak value. I feel right there. Way above peak value. I'm not. There's not even close to a reason to take that because you know you're not even one. The offense is terrible, so they're not going to run the ball much. And two, like <laughs> the short's not getting better anytime soon. Uh, I'm not convinced of that. I I think they're on their way up. I think Campbell's going to bring them in the right direction. Um, they have draft picks as long as they do, they have a lot of draft picks actually. Um, so. If they do a half-decent job, this team should improve. I mean, he was RB10 in points per game this year, which is right, it's a back. It's a long way from RB4, but still, with his age, he turned 23 this January. I don't think it's far off from value, but it's, it's a little high for me. I think you're, the best-case scenario is that he you know, performs as like a running back 10, so... No, I definitely see a, an avenue where he can be top three in a season. He's just so prolific as a pass catcher. But um, some people love Swift, and they probably have them because they either overpaid for them or they drafted them, you know, before the Jonathan Taylor's, J.K. Dobbins of the world as a rookie. Yeah, I, I feel like there's two different camps: the people who own DeAndre Swift and disagree with me, and the people who don't and probably either agree with me or pretty close to what I'd say. Yeah. So, and that's why he's going running back four. Probably it's because people are in love with John Swift. There are, there are, and I'm kind of right in the middle and that's why I don't have many shares either. Cause just not quite willing to pay what it costs to get him, but I get it. He has that potential, but it just seems like you're paying too much on the potential versus what's proven. So let's so. let's talk about the wide receivers because um, I think this is actually a pretty interesting case study for wide receivers. So Quintus Cephas had so he started off the game the season with ten uh, fantasy points per game before his injury, and Amon Amon Ross St. Brown he had a fantastic end of the season, but largely when uh, T.J. Hawkinson and Quintus Cephas were healthy largely wasn't really that much of a was not a factor so i think this is going to be an interesting case study with Amon Ray st brown because he is flying up draft boards i don't think that the talent is necessarily on par with what he showed i think the reason he got a lot of those targets because he had 
he averaged like what 11 or 12 um, towards the end of the season. That's partially because TJ Hawkinson and Quintus Cephas, the top two other targets on that team, were out. So, other than Amon Rice St. Brown and DeAndre Swift, who were they throwing the ball to? And they were terrible, so they were throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, Sam Brown certainly benefited from game script slash those other injuries to the better players. I mean, he he exploded at the end of the season. He was wide receiver two from week 13 on overall. So, like, he won a lot of people championships. Unfortunately, he didn't win me many just because I was out on him. Like, So I liked them at USC. I actually thought they were a really good receiver. But when I saw fourth-round draft capital, I was just like, eh. With the Lions, no, I moved on. I think what Amon Ross St. Brown proved is that they are a legitimate NFL wide receiver. I just, I think they're more like a wide receiver three in Dynasty. Like, if they're your, like, I would love for them to be my fourth wide receiver in Dynasty if I'm a contending team. Like, I just don't think they're going to be giving you top 15, top 20 numbers for, like, you know, a whole season. Yeah, so where do they where is he going in startups right now? He's he's going at 33. It's not too high, but this is with all the rookies factored in now. So Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's what I'm saying, right? So even even wide receiver 33, right? Like you're still you're bringing back with Quintus Cephas, he averaged about 6 targets a game. So let's so you're bringing back 6 targets there. TJ Hawkinson, he averaged about eight or nine and he was hurt. So a lot of, through a lot of the end of the season, he was hurt. So he has a lot of the games towards the end of the season there where, you know, he just didn't play well at all. Um, and I, I think they kind of trotted him out there just because they had no other option. But yeah. other than that, you know, you're, so you're bringing back about 15 targets. I think they're going to bring in another running wide receiver to compete. So, you're losing targets there. I don't see an avenue where he's getting 11 to 12 targets a game ever again. Very unlikely. Yeah. If you have Amon Ross St. Brown, you won't have him for long after you hear this, uh, Robert, because I know how you value some of these players. So directly being drafted behind him is David Bell. I like him very much as a rookie, but all right. How about this one? Darnell Mooney's the next one. George Pickens after that, and Mike Thomas. So two rookies and two one, and then one younger player and one proven superstar that has you know had all sorts of issues recently. But I got to think that you at least would prefer. I want Mooney all four and, of those dudes over. Yeah, I, I thought you I would want, want all, but we hadn't talked yeah. rookies too hard, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I want all four of them. Like, I guess if I'm totally rebuilding, Michael Thomas doesn't help me at all. But right, this isn't startup, so. If I can get Michael Thomas that low, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, we'll so really everybody's off. Everybody's on. out on Michael Thomas, right? But it is very possible for him to be a wide receiver one next yeah. year. So to get him as, you know, my third wide receiver, if I want to go and try and contend right out the gates as a startup, like all day, all day. Yeah. And you could get him. I, I think you could, if you're getting Michael Thomas, like right there, right? Like you're talking, you know, listen, because I think he's going to come back next year and I think he's going to explode. And um, so I, I've been trying to get Michael Thomas everywhere and everybody that's been a Michael Thomas owner has not traded him to me. So I'm kind of upset about that, but you know, 
Yeah, I mean, think you could probably trade Amon Ra for Michael Thomas and like a high second or maybe a 23 second. Like you, you can get Michael Thomas plus. And for me, I prefer Thomas straight up. Yeah, I don't, I don't have Amon Ra say Brown anywhere. Um, but because Quintus Cephas was the guy that I, I liked in that backfield or the, not the backfield, but the, in the wide receiver room, um, going into the season, I thought he was going to be the big riser and he was rising until the injury, but you know, it's unfortunate, but we'll see what he does next year. Yeah. So Cephas, he's entering his third season. So like we talked about, that's typically when the taxi squad upgrades usually happen. Um, so that's going to be tough for me. Cause I was, I'm with you. I really did like Cephas. I thought they had, uh, a shot, you know, they had an avenue, but they were just injured too much. So I'm probably going to be cutting Cephas quite a bit because I probably have him in half a dozen leagues sitting on a taxi squad. And yeah, I think it just depends on the league, the size of the league, and, you know, what your bench looks like. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I like Cephas. I do. It's just what am I going to have to give up in order to keep them on the active roster? That'll be the question. Um, if it, if it's not costing me anything or very little, I'm definitely trying to stash him because I think, I think Cephas could develop. Yeah. So the last person I think we really need to talk about here is TJ Hawkinson. Um, and I, I pretty much just threw this entire year out. Um, bad quarterback play. He was hurt most of the year. He, and he, he started off the year really strong and then he got hurt and then he was awful. So I, I kind of thrown out there this year, but, what do you think? So I, I'm not throwing out the year. I'm using it as proof that TJ Hawkinson is an absolute superstar stud. So before his injury, right, this is only with one points per reception. We normally do one and 0.75 for tight ends, but Fantasy Pros doesn't allow tight end premium for their data. So in points per game, uh, he was tight end three. Or sorry, he was tight end three before his injury overall. He ended up being tight in 15, but that's because he missed so much time. He's he's a star. He's an absolute stud. And like he's young. He's turning 25 in July. So the question yeah. for me is where do you have him against the top tier tight ends? So in a startup, Waller, Kelsey Kittle are all going over him. They are all either older or a lot older, and the Waller and Kelsey situation i mean i have him right there right up either four or five yeah he's going at six right behind those three and for me it's in a startup i want him over all of them like unless the thing is is right we do a lot of tight end premium leagues so by the time you're taking these players like you haven't like decided whether or not i'm gonna go all in most likely because it's so early uh you you may be like still playing hey do i want to be young and do the productive struggle or hey am i going to try and win the title first year um so unless you're that's what you're going for i want hawks and i think he's a fantastic player he's like one of the most talented tight ends in the entire league in my opinion and unless something changes drastically he's by far and away the best receiving weapon on his team so I love him, and if you can use his injury-riddled season here in the third season um, as a buying opportunity, do it. Yeah, I agree completely. No comments else elsewhere. 
So is there any other players you want to mention with Detroit, or should we talk about the enormous draft capital that we have? Let's talk about the draft capital. So first round pick, they have two first round picks. Um, obviously they have the second rounder. They have the two thirds. Well, one's a projected comp. They have a fifth round projected comp. They have a sixth rounder. They have a sixth round projected comp. And then they have the seventh rounder from the Patriots. Um, so they don't have like the, as many dra- as much draft capital as like, you know, the Eagles or the, um, Broncos, stuff like that. But they do have a lot of draft capital and they have pretty much the ability to go anywhere they want. Um, I would like to see them trade down uh, just because I don't think there's a lot of value there at number two, but nobody's going to want to trade up, I feel like. So, you know, I, they're probably going to draft a defensive end, I would say. Uh, maybe if Evan Neal, maybe Evan Neal, I would maybe go with Evan Neal. Um, you know, I, I think really the, I think the whole top five is just, it's kind of a, you know, who knows what's going to happen because, Every, every single one of these teams have massive holes all over the place. So you could argue, you know, go defensive end. You could argue you could go tackle. You could argue going uh, with one of the you know, the corners. You could argue going with any of these guys, right? So, and there's a lot of different options and a lot of different players in that category of just being in that area, right? So, so we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I think the first pick is likely going to be either Hutchinson out of Michigan or uh, Thibodeau out of Oregon, unless they trade down. Um, so in terms of fantasy purposes, we're looking at their next three picks, really. right? They have the 32. So what are they going to do with that? There's going to be some really good fantasy options at that point in terms of uh, potentially, you know, how I think Howell could fall that far. And I, you, I'm talking to one of the bigger Howell truthers right now, um, but I like them too, not quite as much as you. But Howell would be good there. There's some good receivers. Perhaps that's, uh, well, they don't need a running back or tight end, but that would be a good place to potentially start tight end and running back. But certainly that's not the <laughs> pick here, right? Because running back and tight end are the only good players they have on offense. But, um, but right, that second pick is the 34th overall, and the third pick is the 66th overall. So they, they have a lot of high picks. They've got one, two, three, four, five, or sorry, four picks in the top 66. So, yeah, that's usually what happens when you have, uh, you know, you're a terrible team, just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were smart enough to, you know, give up uh, Stafford, get that, get those, uh, those extra draft picks. And, and right, they have, you mentioned they have projection of three comp picks because they're not retaining these older uh, players in free agency. So I like what they're doing with the new, um, the new head coach and GM. I just, I mean, Detroit is Detroit's won one playoff game since the Super Bowl merger. Like they're arguably the worst team in the league since Super Bowl merger. And I know all of you Detroit fans out there, it's been hard. I'm sorry. But I really think, right, with Hawkinson, with Swift, with Amara St. Brown, um, and all these draft picks, not to mention, right? They just took Penny Sewell. Like they do have some other good players out there. I think there's a chance, which for Detroit, that's saying a lot because typically it's just like, nope, move along. They're going to have another top five pick every year. But I think there's a chance in the next few years of them becoming competitive, especially, right? Rodgers is going to be out of the division pretty soon. And I already talked about Cousins. I don't think Cousins is long for the NFL. So I think the NFC North is going to be, by 2024 at least, completely up for grabs for anybody. Is the NFC North going to be the NFC least? 
in two years? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Fields is the only young, like promising quarterback in the elite or in the division. So um, whether he pans out or not, I don't know. But these other teams, they need to figure out the next step for QB. Otherwise, we could be looking at just that. So did you have anything else for the NFC North? No, no. We covered everything. Um, I, in general, I'll just say I really, I think there are some very good players in this league or in this division. That the issue is, is quite a few more older. So you got to be careful how you navigate the age of these dynasty assets. Um yeah. Uh, thanks again, Robert. This was really fun. Uh, it's really great to knock this episode out with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Great doing it. And, you know, I want everybody to, you know, give us a rating, give us a review on wherever you're listening to the podcast and, you know, also on Twitter at bubblehead FFB. We'd love to hear from you guys on there and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to us and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.